0: This is the Sports. Podcasting Live, your hosts, Kyle Washit and Alex Hornicky.
1: Welcome to the Sports Fatigue Podcast once again. My name is Alex Hornicky. podcasting from beautiful San Francisco, California. My co-host, as always, Kyle Washit from up in Seattle. Kyle, how's it going,
0: man? Alex, I'm doing fantastic, man. It is big game week here uh, in Seattle. You can feel the buzz already. This town is just going crazy waiting for that Stanford team to come up into town here. Absolutely. Before we get into anything,
1: though, we've got something to talk about. What's that? I don't, know if,
0: I don't know if the listeners
1: remember. I don't know if they were listening quite that late into our podcast last week. But I believe there was a little uh, bit of a I know, wager. I know where this is going. I believe there was a little bit of a wager that happened surrounding the Oklahoma-West Virginia game. Uh, <sighs> Oklahoma was favored by 7.5 points in Vegas. Uh, Kyle locked up west virginia to cover that spread and oklahoma ends up winning it and covering the spread uh the terms were if you remember winner or loser buys the meat for for next week for this week's tailgate uh and kyle i'm i'm feeling hungry already
0: Oh man, I thought I thought West Virginia was going to do it. They were leading there in the first half. Clint Trickett was shown out, uh but Oklahoma just proved to be too too strong for them. Uh so yeah, I'm I'm on the hook for the meat for this week's tailgate. Uh I'm thinking we're going to go with a fish fry. Um uh, we're going to get some fish tacos going. Uh something that'll be great for like a little, you know, earlier in the day, a little lunchtime fish tacos, uh deep fried. I think I think that's pretty good. How do you feel about that? Yeah, I'm
1: I'm I'm down with that. I like like the fish fry idea. We haven't done that in a while. I haven't done the uh the salmon or or any I, kind of fish for, for a few games here, so pretty pretty excited about that one.
0: Yeah, yeah. You know, we looked at the, we looked in the red meat thing, but I think I think it just earlier in the day this is gonna work better. Um, although if you really have qualms about it we can we can always go with some red meat.
1: We'll see. We'll we'll keep our listeners guessing and uh they'll just they're they're just gonna have to show up to the tailgate on Saturday, uh to see what we went with. Um <laughs> But pretty pretty stoked! I won that bet. Was watching from uh, actually watching from Tahoe, California, Lake Tahoe. Actually, Tahoe, Nevada. Uh, was on the other side of the state line up there uh, in one of the casinos watching that game. So uh, yeah, pretty yeah. pretty fun
0: weekend in that regard. Um, yeah, thanks thanks for placing a couple bets for me in that <laughs> sports book. Unfortunately, none of them worked out for me. I had a rough weekend in, in uh, gambling terms. Yeah, yeah,
1: I I hit <laughs> one of my parlays and like won back half my money, but I still lost like 50 bucks
0: so, nice nice um,
1: speaking of people who had fun this weekend UW dub uh beats georgia state 45 to 14 do you think they really had halves. that much fun
0: this weekend on uh, the field there
1: war in the, in the second half they had a lot of fun in the first yeah, half true. they had zero fun sir
0: zero fun sir
1: <laughs> <laughs> this Pretty was easy. quite the tale of two halves wasn't it war oh totally was just horrendous outing in the first half. They enter the locker room down 14 to nothing. Fans are booing the team as they run off the field. It was just ugly, ugly, ugly. Couldn't get anything going Uh, to a Georgia State team who, I mean, if you listened last week, you know their credentials are basically nil. Uh, So just pretty troubling to see that first half performance.
0: Yeah, that was extremely troubling. I mean you look at the yardage at halftime, it was two hundred and thirty one to seventy three. I mean, that was just just ridiculous. They just got absolutely dominated in the first half and really, realistically it was just unexcusable. And you know, it's it's Chris Peterson said after the game, it's the worst football worst half of football that he's ever seen. You know, it was it was ugly and, and it I think it really comes down to the fact that the team just Totally underestimated the, um, uh, opponent or as George Bush would say, misunderestimated. <laughs> uh, they came out flat. Uh, you know, they didn't look very good. Luckily they were able to turn it around. What did you hear from the players after the game, uh, talking about their, their start?
1: Yeah. I mean, everybody, everybody pretty much echoed that feeling that this was kind of a, they, they took it as a look ahead game. It was, you know, everybody was, everybody was looking forward to Stanford while, uh, they really had to focus on Georgia State before they did mm-hmm. that. Siler Miles says, we took them lightly, plain and simple. Danny Shelton says, we didn't expect them to come out with a fight. Um, it's pretty pretty troubling to hear that kind of mindset from your players. Luckily, they were able to turn it around, but um, pretty pretty rough go of it that first half.
0: Yeah, and it's one of those things where it's like it's frustrating that they that they did take them lightly because of what happened earlier in the season against Hawaii, against Eastern, against team lesser opponents that that really came out and punched them in the mouth. So you'd think they would they would really have uh, you know a mindset going into the game that they would would be fighting, but. Um, you know, let's. I I don't. I don't think that's going to happen again this week. Obviously, they know Stanford's a good opponent, so I don't think you'll see them come out flat again. It's one of those things where it's it's uh, it was ugly to see, but with their bounce back and stuff, it's almost one of those deals where you almost have to write it off to the fact that they just just totally a mental lapse.
1: Yeah, and I'm not sure how much it. I mean, it obviously didn't end up hurting them in the long run, but um, you know, maybe it's a good thing. Maybe it's it's a learning point. Um, you know they kind of came out and ran all over illinois last week and uh i think they they thought that they had all their problems fixed and um mm. i think they're kind of realizing right now that they they've got a they've got a mental problem that they need to worry about before they worry about, you know, coming out there and just hopping all over teams right right yeah. from the outset so
0: Definitely and this was definitely a step back for the dogs after it felt like they'd turned a little bit of a corner against Illinois there and we were seeing what they were they were made of. Um that being said, I mean there was a positive side in the second half. We we lit a fire underneath their butt at halftime. Uh forty-five straight unanswered points in the second half to finish. They almost covered they almost covered the game.
1: Yeah, I had as part of my parlay, I had this game being over seventy points. I thought Georgia State would score a touchdown or two. Um, but I thought the Huskies were just going to pour it on and if they played like they played in the second half, Huskies might've had over 70 by themselves. Um, so yeah, it was a positive that they came back, scored 45 straight. Um, and I mean, almost covered the spread as well. So, <laughs> uh, good to see them bounce yeah. back and be um, able to make those adjustments.
0: I think the real big key to the game in that second half and jump starting our, our big start was Dante Pettis. Or there's three phases to every football game, offense, defense, and the kicking game. Woo-hoo. Yeah, Dante Pettis, uh, with that kick return, he j- jump-started the team. Uh, he had four returns for 98 yards, gave us a short field, and really jump-started the offense. We started on their side of the field five times in the second half, resulting in four touchdowns and a field goal. So uh, you got to love what you see there out of the true freshman uh, in-, in the return game.
1: Yeah, absolutely. He was one of the standout performances of this game. Uh you know, UW hasn't returned a punt for a touchdown I I believe since 2002.
0: Yeah, longest long streak in the country. Long, long streak. Oregon's and, uh, returned 17 in that time period just yikes, for frame of
1: reference. Dante Pettis, <laughs> I mean, man, hopefully he uh he can he can break that trend and yeah, score a few this season, but uh and you know, it looks like he's got the skill to do it.
0: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Definitely, definitely, and I think that that really helped us because uh, offensively we weren't that great. I mean, even in the second half where we scored those forty-five straight unanswered, they looked all right, average, you know, Siler-Miles, he looked okay. He was pressured most of the game. I think we're got we were having a little bit of trouble up on that offensive line. Uh, you got Ben Riva, a starting tackle. He's a guy that went down to Pac-12 media day, a senior. He's still out um, with an injury, and so, you know, you got Col- uh, Shelton in there filling in for him, but he's doing an okay job. But I think we definitely miss Riva, and hopefully he can be back for this big game against Stanford. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you're going to need him
1: against Pac-12 talent up in the up in the front there. Um, it's one thing to use a patchwork offensive line against the likes of Georgia State, Eastern Washington, Hawaii, Illinois, but it's an entirely different animal to put up uh you know a, a, a weakened offensive line against the big boys in Stanford.
0: Yeah, definitely, and the fact that the fact that Miles was under pressure, it uh, didn't allow us to throw the football down the field. The running game, while they put up 182 yards, it was it was kind of inconsistent. You know, it didn't feel like we were really able to get it rolling like we had uh, in the past there. And you know, uh, we lose Jesse Callier for the season as he uh, was, left the game with a walking boot. Announced today that he ruptures his Achilles, probably done for his career uh, as he's already used a red shirt, played in four games already this year. Doubtful he'll get a medical red shirt, so that's too bad to see um that that running game is gonna to have to step it up here going forward
1: yeah luckily jesse callier i don't i don't think he's been our best running back this season no no offense to jesse he's been uh he's had a great career at washington um i don't know about great yeah it's i mean running behind people great great career is a backup uh, I'll, I'll put it that way
0: <laughs> okay um, i don't think it's the way he wanted his career anyone really wanted his career to turn out with the injury issues but yeah keep going
1: Sorry.
0: yeah yeah but um <laughs> uh levon
1: coleman um only averaging 3.4 yards per carry that's really low for him um really low for what we need out of this running game uh he's kind of got to hit the hole a little bit harder uh and you know that helps it helps when he's got a bigger hole to hit um but Mm -hmm. uh he 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 didn't he didn't have his best game against uh against the panthers on saturday
0: yeah, clearly, and we'll get into more of that rushing attack as we preview the Stanford game. But uh, back to Siler Miles, he was 19 of 27, 154 yards, three touchdowns, no picks. So statistically, he did, he did a pretty solid job. Uh, there was a lot of short passes, didn't ta- didn't really have the time to, to take any shots down the field, and also they were missing that deep threat of John Ross.
1: Yeah, he was out with an undisclosed
0: leg injury,
1: uh, suited up, didn't play. Um, pretty, I mean, he obviously, his absence in that in that passing attack obviously it took a little bit of the spring a little bit of the sizzle out of that passing game and um you know that's that's rough to rough to lose a player like that who's who's dynamic and electrifying
0: yeah and i mean he's he's a big play threat he's touched the ball at seven times this year and he's got four touchdowns or something something like that just crazy um Going forward, he is week to week. Today, today uh, being Monday, he practiced. He's listed as the number one kick return on the depth chart, so you got to think and hope that he's going to be ready for Stanford. Um, you know that they were keeping him out maybe as a precautionary reason. Going back to our mental laps, maybe the coaches said, "Okay, you know it's just Georgia State. We're going to hold you out." And so, you know, part of that attitude can rub off on your team. So I think that you know something like that has has a possibility aside from you know just losing the electricity that he brings to our offense.
1: Yeah, absolutely. That's a great point and um that's clearly something that the coaches fixed it at, at halftime in that locker room uh, and <laughs> what I'm assuming was a very impassioned halftime speech uh, yeah. from the Husky coaches. <laughs>
0: Definitely. Elsewhere in the receiving game, uh, Jadon Mickens, another eight receptions. Good to see him getting those, getting those touches. He's a he's a player that's got, like I said in our preseason podcast, he's got that juke ability. So when he gets the ball, he's gonna he's gonna get those yak yards. Got good hands, uh, solid solid slot receiver. Kendall Taylor also had a real nice touchdown catch to tie up the game, fourteen fourteen. Reached behind himself on a post route to really save Tyler Miles Bacon there. Um, so good to see those guys along with DeAndre Campbell. Those those three looked, especially Mickens and Campbell really looking to be the the prime targets for Silent miles in the passing game
1: yeah uh it, i mean it's great that Tyler miles is spreading the ball around a little bit um he's got so much talent in that wide receiving core the the legion of zoom as as they like to be called um that you know he can't afford to just stay you know to just stay on one guy and uh, lock mm-hmm. his eyes in on a receiver that he wants he's got he's got a lot of guys that can make some pretty big time plays out there uh and i think that's you know yeah, as much as we're not really big fans of Sar- Sarkeesian anymore, that's a position that he recruited extremely well um,
0: over his time at Washington. So, and it's showing up now. Yeah, clearly, and and it, Miles is leaning on Mickens and on Campbell, and you know it, it leads you to the question of how come that's not fourth year starter Caseen Williams. Williams uh, you'd think that he would be the rock that a young quarterback would would try and find the chemistry with and, and you know he just really wasn't there he, he had that one touchdown catch one catch on the day which happened to be a touchdown three yarder on that little triple option read but that's only his third catch of the year for 33 yards um, I mean this is a guy who's seventh all-time on the UW receiving list where's case in yeah
1: I I mean when he caught that touchdown pass I I was you know I was watching in a bar with a few other Husky fans and everybody was like oh that's so great to see him get that catch but he's still i mean that's that was his only catch of the game Um, And it
0: wasn't like anyone could have caught that it was just a it was just an option read a bubble screen basically it wasn't like we were letting him make a play you know at all
1: yeah exactly and i mean we've talked about before who knows if he's still feeling the effects of that that uh foot injury that he had or i mean maybe it's just a coach's thing i'm i'm not exactly sure why he's not performing up to a level that we're used to him performing at
0: yeah, I mean I think I think a lot of it has maybe it started with an injury. Everyone says he's healthy now. He says he's 100% healthy. Uh, all the all the guys that break down more film than I do say that he's running fine. I think a lot of it has to do with though, hardly any reps with Silent Miles in the offseason. One, because Miles was suspended probably, and uh, two because Williams was hurt. So they they just haven't had that time to build that chemistry and that's something that uh is it's hard to just build on the fly in game week when you're really focusing on uh, you know, game planning and all that stuff, not just the just the fundamentals of throwing and catching the ball and knowing knowing where your guy's gonna be. So that's something that's uh it's too bad, and it's a guy that had such a high level of chemistry with Keith Price the last three years. Uh, it's something that needs to get figured out because he's a weapon. He's a he's a guy that's a an NFL talent, an NFL body that uh, is really going to waste here in this offense.
1: Yeah, for uh, not to get too you know film breakdown session here, but um, for some of our listeners that are less football savvy, a lot of times receivers will have kind of kind of stems of routes, and then they can choose an option on where to go uh after they make their initial move uh certain guys certain types of bodies will like to kind of cut it in and try and get that short quick pass certain guys will try and fade it out like uh i'm i'm sure Kaysen really likes to do because he can use all that size and uh you know it just it just takes a little bit of time for the quarterback and the receiver to get on the same page of what they want to do in those situations
0: yeah definitely definitely um it's something that needs to figure out and i think uh if, I were, if I'm Jonathan Smith, the offensive coordinator play caller, I think I'm, I'm really making a concerted effort to get Casey Williams involved in the game plan, involved early and often on Saturday.
1: Yeah, he's a big bruiser, and you know he can wear down on you if you're if you're one of the smaller smaller corners, safeties. Uh, you know, trying to trying to jam him up at the line is not mm-hmm. going to be easy for a lot of players to do in the Pac-12 he, just he did because have...
0: of, his, of his size. He did have 10 catches for over 120 yards and two years ago against Stanford as a sophomore in that upset victory up here in Seattle. So yeah, we look for him to hopefully bounce back and uh, show what he can do. Uh, on to the defense here, War. We shut him out, held him to zero points and 41 yards in the second half. That's uh, That ain't too shabby. Yeah, I think the first place you got to go is uh, is
1: in that secondary. Marcus Peters is back and looking Like the player that we thought he was, Uh, he is who we thought he was. (laughs) Um, He had uh, interception on the first drive of the game and another pick uh, that was just insane laying out,
0: getting both feet
1: down uh, on the sideline. Uh, that, That was a beauty, Kyle
0: yeah that was, that second pick was one of the finest catches i've ever seen he also had a, a third one that was uh called back because he he got there a little bit early but i mean he made his impact right away and they it looked like they challenged him early and he responded to that challenge uh and then they didn't throw on him they picked on uh, Sidney jones the rest of the game but yeah marcus peters back looking to lock down that half of the field that's that's a very positive sign and something that we were wondering how is he was going to respond to that suspension and, and uh for for the first game, it looked like he responded uh, as well or better than we could have ever expected. Yeah, I'll, I'd like to see him
1: go. I mean, we're going to see him this week uh, really get tested um, against Pac-12 talent from Stanford. So uh, serious but good, talent. Good to see him. Good to see that he uh, he, he he bounced back from that suspension, and um, it looks like he's got a decent mindset. Um, he's still out there, kind of doing his Richard Sherman thing, where he's you know kind of running around flying around talking to people uh kind of making it about him a little bit but um hopefully he's he's kind of got that that temper in check a little bit from his suspension
0: Mm -hmm. yeah definitely and Sidney jones uh opposite corner there he's still looking i mean he's he's looked good in the first few games uh this this week he was he was picked on a lot he looked a little bit green out there um and i mean you got to look for him to continue to get picked on especially with peters locking down the other side so uh sydney jones is gonna have to have a big big second half of the season impactful 12 season here uh the other highlights obviously Danny shelton this guy's still a monster
1: yeah he's not had anything but an amazing game all four games this season um i think he's you know he's in the clubhouse right now as our best defensive player um, oh, clearly. You know, other guys have had great individual performances and in individual games jack thompson Holly Kikaha, but Danny Shelton's been omnipresent here. He's he's everywhere he needs to be and he's there all the
0: time. Yeah, definitely 13 tackles, 2 tackles for loss, 1 sack. This guy is a nose guard war, and uh, he leads the country in sacks right now. Uh, yeah. He's just absolutely phenomenal. Um, really turned it, kicked it up a notch this year from what was already a very high level for the past three years. So great to see from the uh, local kid from Auburn. Uh, really stepping it up as the leader on that on that inside of our defense. Yeah, you don't need
1: to look up any stats to tell you that a nose tackle has never led the country in sacks before over an entire over an entire season so uh Ooh, he did steve uh, evan did he i don't know if he did i don't, I don't know, know if he maybe did.
0: can you uh, look that maybe up maybe we'll me? have to
1: look that one up we'll, we'll look <laughs> right. that one up while okay. we're, as we're moving along <laughs>
0: Uh, yeah, look that up. I'll talk about uh, the other guy on our defensive line that's uh, we've talked about ad nauseum, kaholi Kikaha. Another sack, countless pressures on the, on their quarterback, Arbuckle. Uh, two more tackles for loss, and uh, Danny Shelton leads the country in sacks. Kikaha is actually second in the country in sacks. So our defense, defense line has the top two guys in the nation in sacks. Um, and as you may expect, the dogs lead the country uh, in sacks uh, by quite a margin as they their defensive line really uh, trying to get after that quarter quarterback uh that's that's good to see.
1: Yep, absolutely. Um John Timu's up there as well. He got that pick six this weekend. Um that was that was pretty sweet to see him get in the act again. You know, he had a great season last year and uh he's kind of been a a a, a quiet uh contributor to this defense mm. and um so it's good to see him making a big play uh and you know maybe getting some some big confidence going up uh into the Stanford game will where he'll need a lot um, dealing with that Sanford O-line.
0: Yeah, Johnny Timu, uh, big pick six there. Other than that, the linebacker's sort of quiet, uh, not making a ton of plays. Uh, you'd like to see a little more out of that. Uh, Travis Feeney had some nice hits, especially on special teams. I remember a few few big uh, bone-chilling hits there. So that was good to see. Um, other than that, defensively, uh, the Hudson's, uh, Evan Hudson had a real nice sack on on one play on their quarterback. But uh, defensively, overall, I thought it was a pretty, pretty solid effort, especially in that second half. I mean, we, I was looking at the yardage totals, and I was – uh basically just thinking okay then like at halftime they had whatever 230 and then about halfway through the third quarter it was like 215 like they're were, they're were just going negative so the defense really turned it on poured it on them in the second half and uh well i thought it was a pretty pretty solid performance from the defense uh offensively still a lot to be desired and that brings us really to to the question you know we're four games in we're four no as expected um, albeit a lot uglier than we expected. What have you seen so far, and how, how do you feel going into Pac-12 play here, War?
1: Well, I mean, I'd love to tell you that I'm confident uh, heading into Pac-12 play, but uh, it's just not the case. Um, we've had, you know, we've been a Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde team. It's, uh, it, you know, we've had flashes of greatness, flashes of brilliance and athleticism, and then we've also had, you know, 14-0 to halves against uh georgia state we've given up 50 plus points to eastern washington we've almost lost against hawaii it's um it's about as as mediocre as you can get uh to go four and oh i would say i would argue uh so i'm i'm not confident but um hey you know what four and oh is four and oh it's not three and one it's not
0: two and two uh it's they are where they are yeah, 4-0 ain't bad. Chris Peterson in his first year here, his first UW coach since Gil Doby back in 1908 to start his career 4-0. So, uh, I mean, that's that's a stat that you can you can write home about. And you, uh, or not write home about, I guess, because it was pretty ugly. But 4-0 is nothing to, to just shake off. I mean, even though we didn't play high-caliber opponents, uh, we won. Uh, that's really the bottom line. Um, but we are left with quite a few questions um, from a team that, that's uh, – about ready to start the grind that is the Pac-12.
1: Yep, absolutely. Ton of questions. Um, I mean,
0: defense has played really well in spurts, but yeah, having... lead the lead the country in sacks. You know, yeah, plus absolutely. eight plus eight turnover margin, which tops in the Pac-12. That's a huge stat. So those they're preaching those turnovers. So there there are bright spots, but like you said, there there is a lot of questions. And let's uh, let's kind of flip through some of the questions here that we uh, we wrote down.
1: All right. Uh, first one, uh, I believe this comes from you. Uh, do you think uh, Coach K will take the training wheels off this defense? Uh, we've been seeing a lot of vanilla defensive schemes, not a whole lot of exotic blitzes. Uh, where, where do you think this? This what do you think happens this week against Stanford, against a real test team?
0: Yeah, I mean that's 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 a big question, and we saw him we saw him do it a little bit in that Illinois game to. Uh pretty solid results and it looked like he started out this game a little bit vanilla and really cranked it up in the second half so you got to think that they'll come out come out firing there um on all cylinders pulling out all the stops and what what's going to be a huge pack 12 opener yeah i
1: mean i i know you you don't want to hide things from opponents on film uh at at risk of you know losing a game or um, not playing good defensive football but i think there may be a little element of that they don't want to show all of their stuff to uh to a pactable opponent like stanford until they get into the game uh try and try and confuse some of those those nerds down there on the farm <laughs> so uh yeah i we'll we'll see we we're, we're going to see this weekend I mean a lot of these
0: questions are going to get answered this weekend i I've, yeah no, I'm pretty confident in that it's going to be it's going to be a fun game to watch. I'm sure everyone's going to be tuning in you know defensively as a whole uh they've been they've been real well they've played real well in spurts but they've they've had along the whole you know given up 50 like you said to eastern uh, this first half i mean which defense shows up and that's that's really going to determine i think a lot of how how we look this weekend
1: yeah like we said we've given up 50 to eastern washington we've uh given up scoring drives to georgia state is that defense going to show up or is it going to be the defense that showed up against illinois and took you know two scores back to the house uh Mm -hmm. or the second half of that georgia state uh you know a good a good scoring defense an offensive defense um yeah that that's one that we need to show up
0: Mm -hmm. uh the secondary another question mark uh still super young Uh, They're going to continue to be exposed, and uh, how are they going to respond to that uh, once they face a little bit higher level competition, and especially with a mobile quarterback uh, head here, and we have no answer to that. And right now, from uh, our small sample size of Vernon Adams, uh, hopefully they can uh, improve on that because that was not, not what we needed. Yep, absolutely,
1: and good. like we talked about, good to have Marcus Peters back. He's going to have a lot of work cut out for him against Ty Montgomery this week. Um, we'll get into that a little bit later, but um, you know it's going to be up to them to lock down those Stanford receivers so that, uh, so that the defense can commit a few more guys to containing uh, the Stanford quarterback and um, not, letting, not letting big plays happen uh, because of the mobility factor.
0: Yeah, definitely. Another question, I'm flipping over the offensive ball. Do you think we can rely on Simon Miles in our passing game if they if they're able to stuff the run? Boy, you know, I it's it's tough to say. Um
1: one of the things that that I noticed from this game last week is that, you know, we just we just haven't seen him really throw the ball downfield too much. Uh not with the kind of zip that you want on your passes. Um he's had good timing, he's had he's completed a lot of balls. Um I th- I think the only one I've really seen him really com- complete for, you know, uh over 20, 30 yards in the air was that deep bomb to uh John Ross last week against Illinois. So, mm. um that's that's a big question mark. I don't know. I I mean, I think he's our best option. I still think that. Um Oh, clearly, because, yeah. Because Jeff lindquist who by the way scored two touchdowns uh running the ball, he's kind of our new Wildcat quarterback. Um he but he can't throw the ball like we yeah we saw that in Hawaii we he is that. not up to snuff uh, yeah no but that, that's there, another
0: so. interesting thing you know it's another option that we have in the backfield there it's getting Jeff the ball he's a great runner uh, we saw that and he had three carries two touchdowns and another fourteen yard pickup so so he's he's going to be kind of like the uh, Tim Tebow as a freshman coming in you know and and being that power running quarterback the belldozer, if you will uh, so that that that'll be interesting to see that develop. Uh we talked about it earlier another question Mark Cason Williams where's he going to be is he going to finally show up uh and another one I have here that we haven't we've seen uh kicking wise uh Cameron Van Winkle, uh our kicker he's he's made some good kicks some deep kicks over 40 yards this year is he going to be able to kick a high pressure field goal in in a pressure situation uh and that's something that we we don't know and I think we're going to find out here because there's going to be some close games uh coming up for sure
1: yeah on twitter the hashtag is always Hashtag college kickers. Um, yeah, you you never really know, never really know until you put them in the fire there. So, uh, and UW has been used to some pretty, pretty clutch kickers, uh, over the past few years. Going back to Eric Folk and, uh, and remind me last year, uh, oh, Travis Coons Coons. Coons. Mm -hmm. Um, so you know, we've been used to having some pretty, pretty solid and experienced kickers, but, um, I mean that's going to have to be a wait and see kind of thing uh you know
0: uh, it might this week might come down to a field goal who knows yeah definitely and uh we'll see on in our previews but uh yeah when it comes down to it I I guess I'm not really totally confident in that any aspect of this team any single unit's going to play great on Saturday but I think there's that possibility that that they can because we've seen those flashes. And it's just this team's really got a ton of potential and a ton of talent. It's really all about putting it together uh, for 60 minutes. Uh, and if we do that, I think we can compete against anyone in the Pac-12. But have we seen enough to, to believe in that? I, I don't, I'm i not sure yet that we have.
1: Yeah, like you said, it's possible that they can all show up at the same time and they can just be world beaters. Um, it's also possible that nobody shows up like we saw mm-hmm. in the first half of this last week. And um and you know, they get they get muscled around and pushed around and kinda of quit on themselves for a half. So um uh it's gonna be interesting. We're we're gonna see how they mentally prepare, how they come out firing, how their physicality is this week, and um, you know, from there I think we'll have a better indication of what this team's gonna be uh moving forward this season.
0: Yeah, definitely. And uh before we get into the Stanford preview, I think everyone needs a break. Uh, and a cold sip of their favorite beverage when you need that
1: frothy refreshment it's time for sports with teeth
0: beer of the week
1: give me a cold beer here oh man that's good beer of the week beer of the week oh yeah Kyle it's the return of sports with teeth beer of the week segment our our weekly show where uh We come at you with two different uh, fine, refreshing adult beverages and uh, break them down and, uh, you know, show show you what's what in the beer drinking world right now. Um, Why don't you start off with one uh, which I believe is a, a new beer to you entirely?
0: Yeah, it's probably shocking to most people. This is the first time I've actually ever tried this uh, on their can. It's the slogan, "The One and Only Newcastle Brown Ale." It's actually, uh, it's really a lot, lot tastier than I thought it was going to be. Uh, it's a brown ale, front, brewed in England, imported over here. You're going to find it at most uh, gas stations, grocery stores, highly distributed over here. But it's a four point seven percent brown ale, uh, real smooth, uh, almost tastes Guinnessy. Uh, you know, very similar to that as far as that kind of that kind of nice. Nice, rich flavor. Uh, I really liked it. It's, it's pretty drinkable, too, as far as, you know, those darker beers. You almost think they're going to be a little bit too heavy, but very, very sessionable, uh, very drinkable. I highly recommend it.
1: Yeah, Kyle's Newcastle is actually one of my favorites. Uh, I drink it. I, I'm a soccer fan, if uh, people didn't know that out there. And uh, that's usually my go-to, especially in the morning, if there's a morning uh <laughs> english premier league game uh i'm drinking that at the bar you know along with the bloody Mary or two uh so it'll, it'll, it'll get you right
0: yeah no it's taste tasty beer and uh it's been brewed since 1927 uh can't really say anything wrong about it uh, i mean i know there's definitely a lot better beers out there but as far as a cheap uh semi-decent beer i think it's a very very viable option
1: absolutely kyle i'm uh i'm going very adventurous here this week um a few weeks ago, we talked about uh, Beer Camp Across America. It was a uh, a variety pack of beers uh, brewed between Sierra Nevada Brewing Company, which is from right here in Northern California, and twelve different breweries across America. Um, I am going this week with the Beer Camp Across America American Double, or I'm sorry, Beer Camp Across America Double Latte. Coffee, milk, stout, ale—that's a hell of a name, and it's it's a mouthful.
0: Wow, I bet that's pretty tasty, huh?
1: Absolutely, brewed by Sierra Nevada and Ninkasi Brewery. Uh, Two fantastic from, breweries from Eugene, Oregon. Love their beer. Um, they they make a good one up there in Duckland. Uh, Seven point six percent alcohol by volume and sixty IBUs. Um, and man, it is coffee and chocolate and milk and beer. That's pretty much i believe what they put in this <laughs> need, a, need a scoop of ice cream in there war oh absolutely this would make a fantastic <laughs> beer float i have uh, no doubt about that i'm a big proponent of beer floats i mean uh, if you're not if you're not a big proponent of beer floats i i think new, i might yeah. have find, a, find a new host for this podcast new co-host we
0: might have to do that on one of these weeks get some uh, beer floats going maybe, maybe maybe a victory beer float this weekend
1: i, I don't know maybe yeah. we'll see uh, maybe maybe Got, we'll see how it
0: goes gotta win uh, the game first Yeah, well, speaking of the big game this weekend, uh, you want to get into that preview?
1: Absolutely, let's get into it. Number 16, Stanford. come to town, 1 p.m. on Fox. Called by one Gus Johnson, who you hear weekly in our uh, Sports with Teeth opening. uh, Cold-blooded! Called called the infamous Isaiah Thomas shot to win the Pac-12 tournament. The cold-blooded call. Um, Pretty excited to have have Gus and... uh, and his, and his always, always entertaining voice uh, up here in the
0: Pacific Northwest again. Yeah, definitely Uh, the law of Gus. Hopefully that'll keep it a close game. Stanford is favored by six points coming on the road. Uh, Pretty, pretty. I feel like that line's about right. You know, Stanford number 16 in the country. They're two and one. Uh, Their lone loss being at home against USC. This is a team that has a defense that's uh, number one in the nation, allowing only 4.3 points per game in their first three games and only 204 yards. Uh, Pretty impressive stats so far from this defense uh and it albeit though they do do have that one blemish on the record,
1: yeah, they posted shutouts against u c davis and Army, which i mean not that impressive when you think about it um considering is how army really plays into their strengths as a as a running triple option team mm-hmm. and uh u c davis being u c davis um <laughs> they they only score uh or they only allow thirteen points against u s c end up losing that game um so that's their their one blemish against the trojans um in what was the first pac-12 game of the season um so i mean i honestly expected stanford to be undefeated heading into this game Mm -hmm. um that's i think what we had why we had this game circled but um it wasn't like they got blown out by usc there was a very close game uh, against a very very talented usc team this year
0: yeah, and I think I think holding USC to 13 points is more impressive than shutouts against E.C. Davis and Army. Oh, no, uh, absolutely. And, yeah, so against a high-powered, fast-paced offense that wants to get a lot of plays, run you into it. I mean, that's that's pretty darn impressive. This is um, Defensively, we'll get into that in a little bit, but offensively, they bring back Kevin Hogan, third-year starter. Um, I've never been that impressed with him, but darn it, man. All he's done in two years as their starter is win two conference titles, go to two Rose Bowls. Hard to argue with that, huh? Yeah, the only knock on him is
1: that he hasn't been able to take Stanford to uh to a national title game. I mean, he's been there during their glory years and he's never really quite summited the the mountain of college football. Um so he he's a good good game managing quarterback. Um he can run the ball uh, a little bit more power style. Not as explosive as a Marcus Mariota. Um but he's, you know, he's a threat to run at all times. Um, he'll, he'll get at you in the third, third and short game as a, as a running quarterback and, um, picks up a lot of first downs.
0: Yeah. Kevin Hogan, uh, Seventy-three percent of his passes complete this year. Seven touchdowns, one pick. I mean, I guess there's everything, every all the stats, everything says this guy should be is a top top quarterback in the in the conference. I guess just watching him, he just doesn't pass the eye test for me. And and I think if we can make them one dimensional and make Kevin Hogan beat us, I think uh, that's a good thing. Uh, and maybe that's not maybe that's optimistic thinking with our secondary. But but I just I just don't trust him. Uh, as you know, especially he's leaned the last two years on on his running game with Tyler Gaffney last year, uh, Stefan Taylor the year before. They lose Gaffney, seventeen hundred yards, twenty one TDs. Uh, they're replacing him uh, by committee, kind of similar to to what we're doing this year with Bishop Sankey.
1: Yeah, I mean, I think we can both agree that uh, Stanford will probably hurt us a little bit in the air uh, in this game, um, as it's probably going to be for most of the Pac twelve season uh, with this just absolute stable of amazing quarterbacks mm-hmm. that the Pac-12 has. The question for the Huskies is going to be, can they uh, shut down the Stanford running game and a mm-hmm. lot of the other running games and, um, you know, like you said, make the team one-dimensional, make them throw it. Uh, you know, Danny Sheldon, Hauli Kikaha. Let John them pin Tulu, their ears back. Let, let them, you know, let them go free, uh, let them get to the quarterback and, um, you know, because they're not worried about that threat, threat of the run game.
0: Yeah, definitely. And the running backs for them, Uh you got Kelsey Young and Barry Sanders Junior, both sharing sharing a line share of the load. Um, you know, it's the same committee thing we got going on. Barry Sanders leads in yards, Kelsey Young leads in carries. You know, both those guys are are decent running backs, uh very young, untested guys. Offensive line, they've got uh, you know, they're reloading, they lost three all conference selections last year. Uh, they loaded with five stars, but uh, how much do we believe recruiting rankings? And obviously, they, I mean, they, when they were tested against USC, they didn't put up very many points. They only put ten points on the board. So uh, this is an offense that's that's they're able to. Try, they're not a they're not a total uh, juggernaut offensively. No, but Kyle, they do have one of the most dangerous players in the
1: country, and a guy who's absolutely taking the Huskies to town. Uh, multiple times in his career. I shudder when I
0: think of his name.
1: Uh, that's Ty Montgomery. Still haunts us uh, from oh. last year's game. Uh, he's a game changer, Kyle.
0: Yeah, definitely. And we played that drop, the three phases to every game drop earlier uh, with the happy music after it, talking about Dante Pettis. And this is the one that we created in honor of Ty Montgomery after last year's Stanford game. Or there's three phases to every football game offense, defense, and the kicking game. It's the ominous three phases. uh, As Ty Montgomery last year, if you remember uh hopefully you blocked it out of your memory but i gotta remind you <laughs> took the opening kickoff back 99 yards against us also had another kick return uh before the half into the about the 20 yard line they score um he catches that touchdown pass and that really was the difference in the game those two kick returns um in a game that that we we had them beat we should have won and, and we ended up dropping it 31 28 in a in a game that was one of the tougher defeats that any husky fans ever gonna ever gonna endure
1: yeah absolutely i was at that game um Ty Montgomery was all over the field and Kyle, this is, I mean, if if you've watched our, our kickoff team and um, with any kind of fine tooth comb, they don't kick the ball very deep. They allow a lot of returns. Uh, They're not kicking out of the back of the end zone. Like you see in the NFL nowadays, Uh, they're allowing some returns. So it's going to be very critical for the Huskies to come out big on special teams and uh, contain Ty Montgomery and, make sure that they don't get that game changing breakaway play.
0: Yeah, yeah, that's going to be here. We can't let him make any big plays in the kicking game. He also is uh, averaging 82 yards through the air receiving. Um, he's got 7 carries this year, so you got to be ready for that. He's an electric player. He's I'd say probably in the top 3 most electric players in the conference. Uh I throw DJ Foster in there. I'd have to throw John Ross in there as well. So, I think he's he's a guy that's going to going to make plays. We just got to limit him. And I think I think the key to this game though is we're probably going to put Peters on him uh, defensively. But uh, Michael Rector, Devin Kajus, they there's two and three receivers. Are they going to be able to get open against our young guys, Buda Baker? Is he going to be cover, able to cover those guys in the slot? Is is Sidney Jones going to be able to go up, match up against them, and, uh, and shut them down? And, you know, that's that's going to be a big key uh, is being able to shut down those second and, and third receivers when you got to figure that Marcus Peters is going to somewhat neutralize the uh, playmaker that Ty Montgomery is.
1: Yeah, it's going to be really big on those safeties for the Huskies because, I mean, we know that Stanford can stretch the field out. Uh, they've got the receiving talent and the speed uh, on, the, on the outside edges there. It's going to be up to those safeties to really help uh, be in the right place at the right time and help support their corners um, with, with a little bit of confidence over the top. Otherwise, I mean, we've seen some teams go deep on the Huskies already this season. We saw it last week. Uh, we saw it against illinois we saw it against eastern washington um you know guys just kind of breaking out of coverages and being left all alone uh up the sidelines for for big big chunks of yardage so um mm-hmm. I, I mean i can't, totally let that, agree. can't
0: let that happen we got to make these guys earn it up and down the field and that's that's something that uh we're gonna have to find out on saturday if that's a possibility absolutely
1: let's move over to the defensive <laughs> side of the ball um Uh, not as impregnable of a defense as Stanford's had in the past few years. They lose Shane Scove, Ed Reynolds, Trent Murphy, um, those, that amazing linebacking core. They had finally, they're gone. They've, they've kind of haunted the Huskies, uh, for the past, Mm -hmm. past few years.
0: Yeah, they also lose Derek Mason, their defensive coordinator to Vanderbilt, who's not doing very good down there. He might be back pretty soon. Um, But these losses haven't showed up in their stats at all. Like we said, they're the number one defense in the country. Uh, They're only allowing... Uh, you know, or and oh, hundred. They're only allowing sixty-six yards per game passing, which is just absurd. So it's going to be tough for Siler Miles to get things going. Um, the one chink in their armor, I guess we could say, if there is, uh, is that they are giving up one hundred and thirty-eight yards per game on the ground. Buck Allen really gashed them in that USC game for one hundred and fifty-three yards, and that really was the difference in that in that USC game, enabling the Trojans to sneak out of the farm with a victory.
1: Yeah, absolutely. It's going to be up to Levon Coleman. Dwayne Washington and even maybe a little Shaq Thompson uh, to get that running game going for the Dogs.
0: Yeah, I think I think it's going to be key. You know, they're going to have to run the ball a lot better than they did last week, more consistently. And you know, hopefully Ben Rivas back. I think that would help. Uh, and I think uh, we're going to have to rely on this guy. Yeah, I mean Shaq Thompson. Uh, you've seen what he can do with the football. I think there's no reason we don't see a couple series out of him for sure absolutely i'd i love to see him get involved in um i mean
1: we've talked about it before him getting involved in the game probably means good fi- good things for the dog so um more shack i i want to use the the Shaq touchdown
0: uh, sound drop we've got. I, I can't play times. it this week, but hopefully next week. You, you saw you saw actually on Saturday we didn't talk about, uh, he came in in a pump formation there and actually was the up man, and they called an audible, and he jumps up under center, and immediately Georgia State calls a timeout. They were just terrified. Um, so, you yeah, know, they, they got stuff up their sleeve with Shaq, and we've seen a lot of gadget plays out of Chris Peterson, so I think, I think you might be seeing something out of Shaq this weekend.
1: Yeah, we might see a lot of things out of a lot of guys that we haven't seen yet before. Um mm-hmm. I think coach Pete's going to let it all hang out this weekend um and really play his his system that his, you know, his his A1 game uh, cuz they're going to need to bring it this weekend if they if they want to upset
0: the uh the tree up here in Husky Stadium. Definitely, definitely, definitely. And so overall, I mean, I think this is going to be a tight, low-scoring game. You got two two defenses that Stanford's obviously got a good defense. I think our defense is going to be able to contain Kevin Hogan. Uh, you know, the Dogs better show up better than they did last week. Obviously, that Stanford's a way higher caliber opponent than Georgia State, and I think I think they're going to be ready. I don't think you're going to see that mental letdown coming out of the gates. And uh that being said, is our best going to be good enough, and are we going to show the best and I think that's that remains to be seen. That's a huge question mark but uh I ha right now on my on our notes, I have Stanford picked twenty to seventeen, but you know what war. I think I, th- I got a feeling. I think the dogs are going to do it. I think it's going to be 24 to 21 Huskies on a last-second Cameron Van Winkle 48-yard field goal answering all those questions uh, in hopefully a positive manner and uh, Huskies lock it up 24-21 pulling off the upset on Montlake.
1: That's that's a very specific situation, Kyle. <laughs> um, I like I like the cojones. <laughs> There, <laughs> you know what? Why
0: not? My irrational confidence starting to peak here. It's a big game. Why not? I think. I think uh, Chris Peterson gets it done. You saw Sark in his first year get the big upset against uh, USC. I think. I think Sark pulls it off against Stanford. I picked the dogs to be be uh, finish higher than Stanford uh, in the conference earlier in the area se- before the season. I think I'm going to stick with it. Uh, Huskies 24 21.
1: Kyle, I'd I'd love for that to be right. I really want that to be the correct uh, pick there something just tells me i'm just not confident in u-dub um i i hate to be this guy and i hate to pick against the dogs but i gotta do it here um my final score i've got written down is uh stanford 38 u-dub 24 um i just don't think that we're ready for this kind of this caliber of competition this uh this this gelling that they have uh under david shaw down there he's a great coach uh, who's had a lot of time to develop a, a relationship with his players that these UW coaches just frankly haven't had yet. Um, I think yeah. that that kind of relationship isn't quite good enough yet to knock off a power team like Stanford, a top 25 team. Um, I Like I said, I could be totally wrong that UW for all I know could turn up as the team that that we hope they can be. And they could, you know, run Stanford out of the park um, or, they can turn up and like they did against Georgia state in that first half and really give up, uh, quite a few points. So hate to be the guy, but I got, I got to say it: Stanford 38 UW 24.
0: Yeah. I mean, that's, that's a pretty smart pick. I think a lot of people are thinking that. And, uh, you know, I hope you're wrong, but uh, it's, I hope it's I'm wrong gonna, too, Kyle. I really do hope I'm wrong. Stanford, Stanford is a team that's gone to four straight BCS Bulls. I mean, David Shaw's got them rolling down there, finishing what Harbaugh started. Uh, you know, it's it's hard to, hard to go wrong picking with with the Cardinals. Absolutely. Absolutely. And, uh, it's, it's tough. you know, this is a huge game war. So I decided that I was going to bring in some help. Uh, I uh, got my cousin to uh, help me break down this game. So we got a little segment here we're going to call Mixed Picks. Uh, so Mick Larson jumping in on the podcast with us here. An interview I did earlier today. Hope you guys enjoy this. When there's a big game, we need to bring in the experts.
1: Bring in the experts.
2: Welcome to Mix Picks of the Week.
0: And we'd like to welcome Mick Larson to the Sports of Teeth podcast. How are you doing today, Mick?
2: I'm doing great. Thanks for having me, Kyle.
0: It's great to have you on here, man. This is my little cousin, Mixter. Uh, He's an eighth grader at Bellevue Christian High School, or Bellevue Christian School, and uh, he's an avid football player, basketball player. Tell us a little bit more about yourself, Mixter.
2: I play quarterback for my football team, the Junior Wolverines. Uh, I play basketball for my school and the local select team. I play select baseball, shortstop, center fielder.
0: As you can tell, he fills the sports with teeth portion of it. I'm working on him going to dentistry, too, so one day maybe. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, he's a, he's a uh, sports nut just like Alex and I. Uh, we, I've been talking about getting him on here for a while, and finally for this big Stanford game, we're happy to have him here uh mick you ready to break down this ball game for us
2: i'm ready kyle
0: all right yeah but first i want to do a little little quiz here just to show you guys that uh this is not pre-planned here this is a mascot quiz to show you guys he really knows his stuff mick you ready for a little mascot quiz i'm ready all right give us the mascot of the florida atlantic owls florida international
2: uh golden panthers there you
0: go uh kent state
2: kent state golden flash
0: Golden Flashes, there you go, nice. Don James coach there, did you know that?
2: I did not know that. Nice,
0: that's a little tidbit for everyone out there. (laughs) Nice. Uh, One more, how about Akron?
2: Akron Zips.
0: All right, and now we're going to get away from the Phil Steele mascots, and we're going to go with a a wild card one for extra credit, Youngstown State.
2: Youngstown State, is that the Penguins? There
0: you go, babe, nice work, nice work. All right, now we're going to get right into the Husky-Stanford game, Mick. From the Stanford point of view, what are your keys to the game for the Cardinal if they want to come in to Seattle and knock off those Huskies?
2: Uh, well, first, Stanford's got to eliminate the deep ball with John Ross. You know, they've had a couple of those long, deep passes to keep the drive going. You know, they got to stop that. they got to attack the young secondary with Jermaine Kelly, Brandon Beaver, and Buda Baker. Uh, they got to keep Siler Miles in the pocket. He makes a lot of his good plays outside the tackle box, and they got to cut down Kevin Hogan's mistakes.
0: Yeah, I'd like to go back to that your point about the young secondary there. Like Jermaine Kelly actually is out for the season with a uh, ankle injury, but you also got Sidney Jones in there who's been playing a ton. And uh, what what have you seen from him? And what have you seen from Buda Baker out there in the secondary this year?
2: Well, they show some some good traits, but they gotta they gotta get more experience. They haven't played any very good competition. And seeing with Ty Montgomery and a good, really good caliber, high caliber Stanford team. It would, like to show how they can play and
0: yeah definitely I think I think a big key there as well is going to be getting pa- well, well getting some pass rush and, and as a as a opposing quarterback say you're Kevin Hogan you're going to want to pick on those young guys aren't you
2: yeah for sure
0: you know you got Marcus Peters on one side you got Sidney Jones a true freshman on the other who are you going to throw to it's
2: for sure the true freshman yeah
0: definitely so that's going to be a big key um, and I think I like that's a good point about John Ross so you know those big plays have been huge for the Huskies so far this season
2: Yes, they have.
0: Yeah. So uh so what are the Huskies going to have to do to win this game?
2: Look, the Huskies have to hit that deep ball for sure. They haven't had, uh, drove the ball down the field as well as they would like to, but keeping with that deep ball with John Ross will be a huge pl- uh huge play for them. Uh they have to contain Ty Montgomery on special teams. He is a deep threat all-American special teams player. Yeah,
0: last year, remember that game last year how he torched us on special teams with a couple big returns? Uh, one for a touchdown, one set up, a great field position. That really was a turning point in a, in a really close game down there on the farm.
2: Yeah, their special teams beat us, not their offense. Their special teams yep, beat us.
0: Yeah, definitely.
2: Uh, we have to pressure Kevin Hogan. We have to stop their run game so Kevin Hogan throws the ball. So the run game will open up their passing offense yeah, to stop that. Yeah,
0: definitely. I think making them one-dimensional is going to be real critical. Um, you know, you look at Haleiki Kaha, turning him loose and getting mm-hmm. getting some pressure on there. Danny Shelton, those guys are one and two in the country in sacks. That's going to be critical for, for the Huskies on defense.
2: For sure, for sure.
0: Yeah. Right on. Well, that that wraps up Mixed Picks segment. Uh, actually, you got to give us a pick here. You haven't given us a pick yet. What do you think is going to happen on Saturday, 1 o'clock at Husky Stadium?
2: I know I'm a big Husky fan, but i got to go with Stanford. It's going to be a low-scoring game, but I think Stanford's going to pull it out.
0: Give me a score.
2: Uh, 24-17 Stanford.
0: 24-17 Stanford. So he's got Stanford covering the spread. Uh, take it to the bank for what it's worth. Hopefully he's wrong, but... Uh, Nick, thanks for coming on, and uh, we'll hopefully see you for the next Big Husky game to preview it.
2: Thank you, Kyle. Glad to be here.
0: All right. Thank you, Mick. That was a great segment, great breakdown there. Hopefully you're wrong on your Stanford pick. Uh... Root on those dogs, and uh, great to have you on the podcast as our second guest here on the Sports with the Teeth podcast, behind Austin, Andy. Uh, and now, War, I think we gotta we got to get into a little quick Pac-12 whip around. We're running pretty late here, but uh, let's fire around. We had some great action this week in the Pac-12.
1: Oh, fantastic games. Um, thanks to Mick, by the way. Uh, good to have you on the show. Hopefully, you can uh, get get a little bit more from, uh, from our friend Mick over there. Um, but, yeah, let's hop into Pac-12, whip around. Um, I think the first place I want to start uh, is Cal and Arizona um, <sighs> coming coming down to the wire. Arizona scores 36 points in the f- fourth quarter. 36 points to come back and beat the Cal Bears on a last-second Hail Mary. Um, unbelievable play, unbelievable finish to a game. And, and a rough one to lose if you're a Cal fan. Yeah,
0: unbelievable. Um, uh, uh, Solomon, the quarterback for Arizona, 520 yards, five TDs, comes back through that deep, deep bomb to Austin Hill, the Hail Mary. Unbelievable. Uh, you want to hear uh, Arizona's drive summaries? I'll go real quick here. Their drives, punt, punt, miss field goal, punt, interception, field goal, field goal, interception, punt, touchdown, punt, punt, Field goal, touchdown, 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 touchdown. (laughs) So you can see they (laughs) finished the game very strong. Those 36 points in the fourth quarter, an unbelievable game down in the desert at night. That's a hell of a way to end a
1: game, I'd love, love for the dogs to end the game that way and start the game that way also. Yeah, you're <laughs> asking about,
0: about how uh, mediocre of a 4-0 start can you get. I think Arizona's right there with us at their 4-0 start. Struggling against Nevada, Cal, and UTSA. Um, not the greatest start for Arizona, but they're 4-0. Uh, and a team that we compared to the Huskies going into the year, so quite an eerie, eerie similarity there. Yeah,
1: let's talk about another Pac-12 team who is undefeated. Utah the Utes going in and taking out Michigan in the big house uh Mm. crazy crazy game tons of really weird stuff going on flooding Stadium starts flooding because of rain I mean that's that's not something you get in a modern stadium that's got to be an old stadium thing yeah uh just Like, I mean, almost the whole field was covered in water. It's just insane.
0: Yeah, that was crazy. That was probably the highlight of the game for Michigan, too. Oh, absolutely. As, they uh, didn't score a point after that. Does Brady Hooks still have that bad taste in his mouth War? Oh, I think
1: he's got a pretty bad taste in his mouth. No, nah, it's
0: great. He just munched down some more calzones. It's
1: great. great. Oh, he loves it. He loves it. <laughs> that seat, that, that'll get you through anything. That
0: seat is getting real hot there up in Michigan. I don't think Brady Hoke survives the rest of the year. Uh, I No, think, I,
1: I think that's probably the nail, the nail in the coffin.
0: Well, I think uh, losing probably to Indiana and Minnesota and back to back weeks coming up here. will probably be the nail in the coffin, but uh, <laughs> Utah. <laughs> hey, who's, hey. Who, who's your daddy? Who's
1: your daddy, baby?
0: Big, big win for uh, the Utes and uh, big win for the conference here, Utah. Maybe they, they might surprise people. We, it's a team that the Huskies miss on the schedule, but, uh, you never know they might factor into that uh pac-12 south race
1: yeah we talked about this particular game in our pac-12 preview show uh, as being a really big one for the conference game for the conference yeah. yeah absolutely and i mean utah just gets it done uh i believe i i saw some pictures from the end of the game and it's just only utah fans in the stands everybody else had gone home and and when when i say that normally it's like you know a smattering of utah fans with a bunch of empty seats this was literally all Utah fans and the every <laughs> other probably I don't know 90,000 seats in the stadium were completely totally empty. empty yeah um just uh, pretty eerie and uh but I mean hey big win for the Utes and uh and the must down there in Salt Lake
0: City yeah a couple other quick games of note Colorado 21 over Hawaii 12 um you know Hawaii team that, that was competitive against both uh the Huskies and Oregon State uh nice win for uh colorado uh oregon state uh, also defeated san diego state 28 to 7 uh oregon state quietly three and oh uh line in the weeds there with sean mannion
1: yep absolutely shutting out the uh the aztecs of san diego state for the final three quarters of that game so uh good to see that for the beeves um and then our final pac 12 game of the weekend that we wanted to talk about number two oregon surviving surviving Survive. kyle Against the Cougs in the Palouse. Uh, quite a scare for the Ducks and uh, their national college football playoff hopes.
0: Yeah, yeah, quite a scare. Uh, the Ducks, Ducks go on into the Palouse, and Connor Halliday just plays the game of his life. 436 yards, four touchdowns, and no picks. Uh, pretty shocking that he he didn't throw a pick uh, as he attempted an unbelievable amount of passes. Let me see here, how many pass he attempted? 63 passes. Not quite as many as last year when he threw 89. I thought he might go for over 100, but 63 passes without a pick. Uh, that's a pretty great game for Halliday. I think the big key here was that that no call on the pass interference there as Wazoo was driving down for the tying touchdown with a few minutes to play. Uh, Pac-12 refs, uh, you know, Jay Stricker's retired, but those Pac-12 refs still are pretty blind. Uh, we miss you, classes, ref.
1: <laughs> Our boy. Uh, Our yeah. boy that we met. Our boy. <laughs> Our boy. Our um, boy. Yeah, that, that was a brutal call. Uh, it's kind of symbolic of how col- college football and football in general has gone this season with these kind of ticky-tack fouls on defensive backs. Uh, that that I don't, I don't think anybody enjoys well really. that was a um, no call
0: so it went definitely the other way on that when he just got mugged I, I, sorry I thought it was yeah, I it was one of the yeah this is a ones, game that but, uh, I was staying up late shows you how much I watched it <laughs> staying up late for I watched the whole thing this is an unbelievable game Marcus Mariota though uh, going behind that hobbled offensive line he was running for his life most of the game uh, you know that's that's going to be an issue for Oregon going forward they weren't able to get get the rushing game going they only had 170 yards rushing they also uh, you know they, they were they got pressure from mariota so losing those four offensive linemen uh has really really shown that and but mariota really carries his team to victory he's a clear-cut heisman favorite he was 21 of 25 329 yards five tds no picks you can't really play any better than that on the road in a tight ball game uh that's uh, that's pretty impressive out of marcus who i think is the best player in the country
1: yep he, he very well might be um you know, I I think there are a few other players. Uh, you've got Todd Gurley that's probably up there in that mm-hmm. conversation as well. Um, Jameis Winston obviously has all the hype. America's uh, sweetheart.
0: Yeah. God. <laughs>
1: Uh, I don't even want to get into that. We'll we'll save that for for later on.
0: <laughs> yeah. Well, but, I think I think yeah. talking to Oregon, that was a heck of a game on the Palouse. Uh, I knew some. My family family was all at that ball game. Uh, fun to, fun to hear from them. I guess the, the Pullman was rocking, and uh, I can only imagine what it would have been like if the the Cougs would have pulled off that shocker uh, in what was a, shock, a surprisingly close ball game.
1: Yeah, I'll tell you one thing. There wouldn't be any fireball left in Pullman. They'd have to order up a new shipment if they won that game. So <laughs> they drink it dry, um, just like Auburn. <laughs> you yeah, just have like, just like literally everywhere to go
0: <laughs> Yeah, um, right on Well, we're talking about Oregon I think now that, that segues pretty nicely Into our quick discussion about our final four picks What's that?
2: Uh, playoffs? What are we talking about? Playoffs? You kidding
0: me? Playoffs? And now the Sports with Teeth hypothetical selection committee
2: now, If you want to crown them Then crown your ass
0: I mean, if Tyrone Willingham could do it, then how hard can it be? All right, and we call to order our second meeting of the selection committee, the hypothetical selection committee. War, big weekend of college football. Uh, Didn't look like that great a slate of games, but we had some barn burners. Uh, You got any changes here to your top four?
1: No, sir, I do not. I got the same top four I had last week. Oregon Alabama Oklahoma and Florida State Um, all these teams uh, either winning or inactive this week Um, I mean some closer games than we've seen so far for the likes of Oregon and Florida State um, due to varying different things we've already talked about the Oregon the Cougs game Um, Florida State kind of surviving against clemson kind or, of surviving was,
0: They barely survived against clemson in what
1: was in what was a, a, a bit of a clemsoning it's not really a real clemsoning uh but but a bit of a clemsoning they ha- they were in position to win that game um, yeah don't come through in overtime but uh I, I mean florida states was was without james winston for the entire game so that's obviously a huge uh factor in this game considering he's how he's one of the best players in the country mm-hmm. um oklahoma we talked about this in the top of the show uh beating west virginia 45 to 33 um pretty pretty solid win for them west virginia i think a team that who who has two losses but obviously has two losses to teams who i think are in my college football <laughs> yeah they got a tough final. schedule so, so far. holy cow so that's that's brutal for them um and then alabama uh kind of running all over the gators of florida 42 to 21 double them up uh there so yep my final four is exactly the same as it was last week
0: yeah i think i gotta ride with mine too even though three of my teams faced big time scares the only team that that really looked uh, pretty awesome was baylor who didn't really play anyone <laughs> so uh oregon obviously that tough game on the palouse shows a lot though i think for them to be able to come face a little adversity uh take the win auburn uh, in the little apple very tough tough ball game there um they they ended up winning on that thursday night 20 to 14 they had their running game stopped a little bit which is the first time we've ever seen that out of uh, gus miles on coached auburn team uh but nick marshall threw the ball pretty well in the second half k-state though i think more lost in the game than auburn won um and they missed three chip shot field goals and dropped a touchdown that uh, got tipped to be an interception so a uh, tough game for auburn but i think i still think they're they're gonna round into form as they did last year uh florida state without Jameis barely surviving deshaun watson looked awesome for clemson uh and as clemson uh really shot themselves in the foot there in the end and, but and then baylor with bryce petty keep putting up points uh i think i gotta gotta ride them although i was tempted to to pull auburn out and put texas a&m in there i think i'm riding with uh riding with my four teams i've had since the start of the year uh in auburn auburn oregon florida state and baylor
1: yeah absolutely i i I think I think that's probably the right call to keep Baylor in there in lieu of Texas A and M. Texas A and M has a really tough stretch coming up uh, from October fourth to October eighteenth. They play at Mississippi State. Klenga win in last uh, this weekend. Um, they play, in Death
0: Valley. That was an impressive yeah, win in from Death Mississippi Very State.
1: Impressive win. Yeah, yeah, Dak Prescott showing up, showing out mm-hmm. uh, in his his home home state there. Uh, they play number ten Ole Miss at home, and then travel to number three Alabama. So that's going to be a very, very telling stretch for the Aggies. And um, who knows if they play well in that, they they could very well jump up onto my board as well. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, definitely. Uh, that Alabama team uh, you have in there also looked really well against Florida in a game that was not nearly as close as the forty-two to twenty-one score. Uh, as the Gators were aided by a couple of uh, fumbles. Uh, that they picked up cheap touchdowns on Amari Cooper in that game: ten receptions, two hundred and one yards, three touchdowns. That guy is a beast.
1: Yep, they've got they've got a big game coming up in two weeks. Uh, I believe game day will be here. It's got to be here. Um, going to Ole Miss. It's never to never been to the
0: Grove. That's going to be one heck of a ball game there.
1: Oh, th- there's no way they don't go to the Grove uh, for. For Alabama and Ole Miss, so you know, Doctor
0: um, Bo is going to be busting out that rusty scalpel for that one.
1: Oh yeah, as as he is wont to do, as is uh. tradition.
0: And with that, I think we got to call it. We've run real long today. Uh, it's, we had to cut out some stuff. Uh, we had about the Seahawks' unbelievable victory over, over Denver, but there's so much coverage out there, we couldn't do that game justice. Um, so we, we're glad that we could preview the biggest games to date this year uh, for the Huskies against Stanford. Again, war, no faith from you is picking Stanford 38-24. I'm going with the dogs. Cameron Van Winkle, going to be the hero. Uh, going to be celebrated all night in Seattle in Greek Row there with few couches being burnt
1: oh well i i mean we've done it before we will do it again if we have to and um. <laughs>
0: another thing another thing i want to remind the listeners anyone who's going hit us up come tailgate with us other thing wear your black they're calling for a blackout the huskies going with their black jerseys. so if you're going to the game be sure to wear your black
1: all right kyle uh as always everybody please come to our tailgates uh love love seeing our listeners there uh met quite a few people that uh that eastern tailgate that was great uh that we heard that we're listening um as always please hit us up on email at sportswithteeth with teeth at gmail.com on the twitter at sports with teeth or on facebook just search the sports with teeth podcast um kyle unless you got anything else uh good pod and uh i'll see you on friday night uh i believe and uh We'll, we'll get the tailgate going on Saturday morning for the Dogs' big time
0: test against Stanford. Be right and early. We'll be there. Um, yeah, the only last thing I want to thank uh, Mick for coming on. Thanks, buddy. Uh, keep listening and uh, keep working hard on that football field. All right, guys. Uh, we'll see you next week uh, after what we hope to be a great ball game in Husky Stadium. Later, guys. <laughs> This has been the Sports with Teeth podcast. We'd like to thank you for listening, and until next time, adios amigos.